0: Thank you for tuning in to Voice of Islam Jamaica. The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533.
1: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome once again to the Ahmadiyya Muslim community with your usual program answering your questions, and also educating the general public on issues, concerns, and all that you need to know about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. This program is sponsored by the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community here in Jamaica. And for the knowledge of the new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community Is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam which believes in the advent of the promised Messiah, that is, the reformer of the age, in the person of His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed. May peace be unto him. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community spread across over 200 countries and is a peace loving religious community which rejects any form of violence against god's creation our motto has always been love for all and hatred for none in the course of today's program if you wish to be part of it kindly send us your message via whatsapp and the number to do so is 8762839533 today on the program we are taking a look at one of the most important personalities the world has ever witnessed and i'm talking about the prophet muhammad may peace and blessings of god be unto him it is a fact that the history of the world cannot be written without a mention being made of the holy founder of islam and um, if i might Refer listeners to a publication actually, which was um, written by Michael H. Hart. I think the, I mean, the revised copy was in 1992, and he tagged it as the 100. That is a ranking of the most influential persons in history, and in his ranking, he named the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu that is may peace and blessings of god be unto him as the number one most influential person in the history of mankind the number two on his list was sir isaac newton number three was jesus christ may peace be upon him this gentleman who published this article is not a muslim today we are going to begin the first of episodes that we are going to roll out in the coming weeks and today we shall focus our discussion on uh, the prophet muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's life before prophethood so this is going to be the first episode on the series of episodes we intend to run on the life and character of prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi Wasallam. i believe most of our listeners might have heard about him But then um, as to exactly who he was, usually people refer only to the media, what the media say about him and also about Islam. Today we are, um, you know, diving deep into the Islamic history and also history which is written and published by fair-minded individuals, some of whom are not Muslims, and the way they saw the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and, I mean, they wrote about him. So, without taking much time, I am joined today by Imam Tariq Azim, President and Missionary in Charge of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community, who is going to help do this discussion. Imam Tariq, Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi and Welcome to today's program.
2: Wa alaikum Assalam Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuhu. May peace and blessings of God be upon you and all the listeners.
1: Thank you very much once again for... Getting some time on today's episode of the um, life of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, May the peace and blessings of God be unto him. So, um, Imam Tariq, as I stated, in the next few um, weeks, um, we intend to roll out some episodes um, about the life and character of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Today, we intend to focus on his life before prophethood. Can I ask you to explain who the prophet Muhammad was? In terms of the biblical and also Christian point of view, um, we know that for all true prophets, there are some prophecies that are made about them even before their advent. Can you take us through the life, basically, of the prophet discussing incident before his i mean uh, before his birth and also with much uh, you know focus on the biblical aspects
2: yes absolutely um prophet muhammad peace and blessings of god be upon him uh, needs no introduction in the sense that he is very very well known uh, you know those few leaders or few prophets especially that have come into the into this world in the history of mankind he's probably the most well-known, or uh, you know, or equally well-known, when we look at uh, such other prophets, such as Prophet Jesus and Moses, among all circles, you know, meaning Muslims, non-Muslim Christians, Jews, whichever person you look at, um, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is a well-known figure, and it is known that he is the founder of Islam. Um, regarding his life, yes, there might be some, uh, you know misunderstandings misconceptions spread among certain people and that's why we are here discussing his life today so that we can remove some of those misconceptions uh, and answer any questions that people might have regarding the life and character of prophet Muhammad peace be upon him and as you mentioned that uh, you know whenever there is a true prophet true messenger and appointee of God when he comes into this world uh, there is some kind of prophecies about his coming. Uh, in the scriptures that are already there. Okay. So, the coming of Prophet Jesus, we find its references in the Old Testament in several places, and we, therefore, when Prophet Jesus came, he said that I am the Messiah that you know that you were to- told about. Um, similarly, with Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, there is a, a you know a, a, quite a few uh, prophecies mentioned in the Old Testament and New Testament. Uh, But I will only mention two of them, two major ones from uh, Old Testament, the book of Deuteronomy. If our listeners open up to Deuteronomy uh, 18, chapter 18, verses 18 to 20, this is one of the prophecies regarding Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Um, Now I'm going to quote uh, the Bible from, uh, this is King James Version. So this is in Deuteronomy 18, verses 18 to 20. It says, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto you and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him and it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words which he shall speak in my name I will require it of him but the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die, meaning he will suffer. So this prophecy right here, these words right here, uh, through prophet Moses, it was told to mankind by God Almighty that another prophet will be raised, and he will not be from among the Israelites, because Israelites, um, it said that from among their brethren, not from among the Israelites, but from their brothers. So who were their brothers? It is mentioned in several different places in the Bible that uh, the brother of uh, Israelites were the brother of Ishmaelites. And those Ishmaelites were settled in the uh, present-day Arabia, in Mecca and the surrounding areas. So here, a very clear prophecy is mentioned that Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was supposed to appear. And and, you know, uh, he was going to be such a great prophet that, uh, number one, he was prophesied in the earlier scriptures, but also the way he has been mentioned here, if you look at it, that God says that I will require it of the people to believe, to accept him, right? And yeah. he it, it also says that, uh, you know, he will speak in my name, whatever he will say, he will not say of his own accord, he will speak of it, with my name. So interestingly, every chapter of the Holy Quran pretty much begins with these words, in the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful. So this is, again, fulfillment of the prophecy that the Holy Quran, the book that was revealed upon Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, starts with these very words which were told in this prophecy, that he will speak in my name. And if he doesn't, meaning if if he speaks in the name of some other gods, or he speaks what I have not commanded him, then his mission shall be failed, he shall be perished, he should suffer. But when we look at the life of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, his religion, his mission has only you know, reached further and further and more and more people have accepted him, which shows uh, that how his message was accepted at the universal level and he is the true fulfillment of this prophecy. After this, I would like my, uh, our listeners to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 2. That is Deuteronomy 33, oh, yeah. 2. And he, uh, it is mentioned that, and he said, the Lord came from Sinai and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount Paran and he came with ten thousands of saints from his right hand went a fiery law for them. So here, there's another prophecy about Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, Certainly. is coming. And even his location or, uh, you know, a rough area, roughly uh, uh, an approximate location, as we mentioned, that where he will be when he will be, when, you know, he will come as a prophet. Where would, where would he be? Firstly, this verse talks about the Lord came from Sinai, referring that Lord, yeah. God Almighty showed his manifestation through prophet Moses, um, you know, in the vicinity of Sinai. And it then says, and rose up from Seir unto them here is actually a range of mountains in palestine the area where bethlehem and where jesus peace be upon him was born and this area uh, you know in the south goes all the way till this area uh, this sea called gulf of akaba and in the north is it goes up to de- uh, the you know the dead sea so all this area basically uh, refers to the coming of prophet jesus peace be upon him so these are mountains that are being referred. Sinai was a mountain. Seer is a mountain where Jesus, peace be upon him, came. And then it says he shined forth from Mount Paran. Mount Paran is a, is, is a mountain and very close to Makkah. And then here is a reference, a very clear reference to the coming of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, a prophet that was supposed to appear in the area um, near Mount Paran. And then the word says, and he came with 10,000s of saints when we look at the history when muslims became the victors of makkah when makkah became a muslim city you can say as a whole or a majority of it accepted islam yeah that time muslims along with in the leadership of prophet muhammad peace be upon him had entered the town with 10000 companions 10000 people so this is a fulfillment of this, this part of the verse as well so this is another example i have given there is plenty more examples both in Old Testament and in New Testament, even in the words of Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him. Uh, if our listeners are interested, we can definitely uh, share references. Feel free to reach out to us. Uh, but I think considering that uh, our topic today is is a little different, so I will suffice with these.
1: Thank you very much, Yom In the first verse you quoted, that is from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18, um you stated and it is written that i will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren basically this was a prophecy god was um making to the prophet moses and um he said also he's going to be like thee would somebody um, be wrong to suggest that this prophecy Refers to Jesus Christ and not Prophet Muhammad because basically after the Prophet Moses, notable prophets that we can count will be Prophet Um Jesus Christ and also Prophet Muhammad. Would somebody be wrong to say that this prophecy um refers to Jesus Christ?
2: You see, you have to look at the life of the prophet under discussion, and that you know sums up the conclu- sums up uh who should be the fulfillment of any yeah. of these prophecies. Yeah. When we look at the life of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and compare it with the life of uh, Prophet Moses, Prophet Muhammad and Prophet Moses, when Perfect. we compare them, we see that both of them were given new religions. Both of them were given new teachings.
1: New law. Jesus, new law. New law,
2: basically. right? New religious law. But on the other hand, when we look at Prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, he said that I have nothing to add. I have not come to remove or add anything, but only to fulfill what is already there nothing to add, nothing to remove. And when he was asked the commandments, he just repeated the same commandments from the Old Testament. Okay. So Jesus, peace be upon him, when we look at him, he did not uh, intend to found a new religion. He basically came to reform the people within that religion that already existed, the followers of Prophet Moses, peace be upon him. Uh, and then you know he just reiterated those teachings. On the other hand, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, just like Prophet Jesus, uh, sorry Prophet Moses, he was given a new law. He was given okay. a book that is referred to here, referred here uh, in the other verse that I quoted. It says he came with ten thousands of saints. From his right hand went a fiery law for them. Fiery okay. law, law for okay. them. So a new religion was to be founded by him.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. And um, let's look at where the prophet was born. Could you share with listeners some information about? his family background
2: yes absolutely prophet Muhammad peace be upon him was born in the city of Mecca Mecca is uh, in present day it's located in Saudi Arabia Uh, but generally I mean this area at that time was just Arabia and in that area this city of Mecca was actually a very important uh, very popular city uh, in Arabia and uh, basically, it was a center um, for, you know, like center, uh, commercial hub and center for uh, the Arab world at that time. Okay. People from all over Arabia used to uh, Arab world used to come there for pilgrimage uh, because they're the house of God, as they called it. Uh, you know, even today, we believe that it is the same house of God that was built by Prophet Adam as as uh, Prophet Adam, the first of the prophets to, to you know, uh, basically remind us uh, that we all need to worship one God and we should all turn our attention our focus towards that direction while we are worshipping God so that we as a community, global community are always united in worship of one God. So uh, there, there's many other benefits of it as well but that house of God that was created by prophet Adam then uh, fixed in the time of prophet Abraham and some other times as well that was where you know many Arabs from other uh, other towns, other cities in Arabia used to come there for pilgrimage. So Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him was sure. born in this extremely important town. Basically, as I mentioned, it was the center of the world for the Arab for the Arabs, right? And this place, this city, was also a fulfillment of the prophecy that I referred to earlier, that he will uh, you know basically come forward or he will. Uh, shine fort from Mount Paran. So yeah. This city is located in the vicinity or very close to this mountain. And uh, it was basically a fulfillment of that prophecy that was mentioned in the Bible. Uh, so the prophet Muhammad peace be upon him was born in this town that was called Makkah. And his family was a very noble family, very well-respected family uh, in, in Arabia. And uh, they were known, um, you know, as uh, in some ways custodians of the, the you know, the holy site uh, in makkah and uh, even though it is an important site in islam but it was even is imp- important to, uh, even before islam was founded as a religion to okay. so the people so so the, all of the Arab world basically looked towards makkah and the custodians of that house of god uh, were def- easy, you know easily the most respected and noble considered to be the most noble family in all of arabia many of the leaders chiefs of uh, of makkah particularly came from the family, you know, such as forefathers of the Holy Prophet, sallallahu <laughs> One of his, uh, uh, there's one very popular story about the grandfather of the Holy Prophet, Muhammad, sallallahu <laughs> And his, you know, it shows the strong character that this gentleman, this grandfather, the, the grandfather of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had. It is mentioned that one time some tribe outside of Makkah within arabia planned yeah. to attack um, planned to attack uh, the city of Makkah and especially the holy site the house of god and okay. when you know that army of that other tribe reached outside Makkah, they hoped that you know some somebody would come and uh, from from mecca and they could discuss, they can discuss with them negotiate with them and see what what can happen so naturally uh, the grandfather of holy prophet muhammad peace be upon him he came out and spoke with the leader of the other tribe and instead of talking about makkah instead of talking about the holy site the place that the opponents had come to destroy his grandfather started saying that you owe me this and this or so and so many camels when are you going to return them at this the leader of the other army was startled and he he th- he said that i was expecting you to be talking about more urgent issue right now than than something like that the response of holy prophet's grandfather shows you that you know he truly believed that this was a house of god this was this had religious significance that that place of worship he said to him that I am the owner of those camels, therefore I am asking you about them. That house or that worship place belongs to God Almighty, so he will take care of that himself. The negotiations wow. didn't fall through, he came back, and it is mentioned in the Holy Quran as well, that later some birds uh, came by uh, and passed over the army, carrying some disease and Through some pebbles, and somehow that disease, a disease, got spread into the army of the people that had come to attack Makkah, and majority or large majority of them died, and others returned away or turned away and went back to their to the places that they had come from. So this just uh, goes to show you the role that the family of Holy Prophet peace be upon him uh, played uh, in the town of Makkah. And also uh, the, the, the significance of uh, uh, Makkah and particularly that place of worship uh, where pilgrims used to come from all over Arabia at that time to perform their pilgrimage.
1: Could you share with us the, 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 the names of his parents?
2: Yeah, no, his uh, father's name, name of Holy Prophet's father was Hazrat Abdullah. When we okay. say the word Hazrat, it means uh, it's a word to show respect to someone. So, Hazrat Abdullah means uh, respected Abdullah or His Holiness Abdullah. And then his mother's name was Amina, Hazrat Amina.
1: Thank you very much. Of course, um, if you just joined us, we are looking today at the life of Prophet Muhammad. May peace and blessings of God be unto him. And um, as I said from the beginning, we intend to run um series of episodes on the personage of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, undoubtedly one of the most important personalities of all time, who has followers of over one point eight billion um you know people um and that constitutes almost like twenty five percent of the world population. Let's look at the the childhood of the prophet muslim we i would i would wish that uh, you take us through some you know details of how his childhood was of course you mentioned his father's name as um, abdullah and also his modest name as amina let's look at his childhood how was the childhood of the prophet like
2: yes Prophet peace be upon him had a very difficult childhood. Especially, I mean, when you consider that he was born in such a, a you know a noble family, well-known family, but he had a very rough childhood. Um, it is mentioned in history that his father actually passed away even before his birth, even before Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him was born. Sure, a few months before his father had already passed away. So, again, he was, he was born as an orphan, right? He was born and he was already an orphan because his father had already passed away. But the troubles didn't end there, actually. His mother passed away when Prophet's age was only five or six years old. Okay. Right? He was only five or six years of age when she also passed away. So now he had no father. He didn't have a mother. And that's how he was brought up. He well. was then taken care of by his grandfather. But then grandfather, Abdul Muttalib, also passed away just two years after his, uh, his mother's passing away. So when he was eight, his grandfather had also passed away. And now his uncle took care of him. His uncle, uh, you know, very, uh, very pious, very kind person. His name in the history is mentioned as Abu Talib. So okay. he is the one who, you know, in his house, he was brought up. He was taken care of and then, um, you know, lived for a long time. Uh, basically, uh, in a way with him, close with him.
1: From what you said, it gives an indication that the Prophet Muhammad did not have a smooth childhood like most of us would be brought up by both parents and, you know, we, we see that um, he had a very challenging childhood and it is so amazing the kind of personality he became. Um, as I mentioned that um, Michael H. Hart rated him as the number one most influential uh, personality of all time let's look at the society because raising children has a lot to do with also the kind of society that people are you know are born into but then we also know that god usually would send prophets when the society has become totally corrupt what was the society like at the time the prophet was born.
2: The society at the time of Holy Prophet peace be upon him, uh, the you know the people in uh, Arabia, their culture, their the way of living, was extremely morally corrupt. It is mentioned; it is written in different places, uh, you know, explained that how poor the uh, their lifestyle was. It is mentioned that all they cared about was three Ws: wealth, wine. And women this is all you know that they cared about this is all that they pursued, and uh, you know when you look at when you study the society at that time, gambling was very common. It was so common that people would lose their family members, they would gamble their family members, their children while gambling, and once they lose, if they lose, then they would have to hand over their child or uh, you know their children uh, their women or whomsoever. to uh, to their opponent. This is how degraded the society was that mankind had no honor or respect and it was treated like an object, basically. Slavery was very common back then. You know, if you had nobody to defend you, nobody to protect you, you could be just picked up and uh, be sold as a slave or be used as a slave. And then that was your entire life and perhaps even the life of your future generations. Yeah. This is how bad the society was. Women had absolutely no respect in that society. This is before the coming of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. It is even uh, you know, written in the history that some of the families considered uh, birth of women basically a, a bad omen. And whenever a girl was born in their houses, they would bury them alive. Such ill practices were common in some houses in Arabia. And idols, they used to worship idols at that time. It is mentioned that there was more than 360 idols in the town center where, uh, you know, inside the house of uh, Kaaba or house of God, where, which was built for worship of one God as a mosque, as the first mosque on this, earth, on this earth by Prophet Adam. And later it was turned into a place of idol worshiping where more than 300, 360 idols were placed drinking was extremely common it is mentioned that there was you know people were drinking day and night in some places it is mentioned that there was five five parties taking place every single day at some of the houses to you know to get together and to yeah. celebrate and do what just drink just drink right and get drunk mistreatment of weaker citizens was very common nobody could uh, you know, um, basically, no one had any rights, as I mentioned before. Just like about slavery, if you if you yourself weren't strong enough to stand up to other people in the community, you could be robbed. You could your rights could be usurped, and you couldn't do anything about it. So it was
1: almost like the jungle life: survival of the fittest.
2: Survival of the fittest. Yes, I mean it is it is terrible. But again, the morals were also like when you we look at the morals of the people, they were they were. There wasn't any, you know. We could say that it was a good society by any measures, any means. When we look at it from moral perspective, okay, um, extremely morally corrupt. Even today, we see a lot of these problems coming back, especially here in our country. We see a lot of these problems, such as, I mean, what I said about wealth, wine, and women, and we see it's very common here too. So it, it can give us an idea that how poor the society was back then. It was even worse. Than this, that all people cared about was money, drinking, and you know, more having more women or more partners in their lives. That is how they they defined life, and that's what they made you know themselves proud of or considered to be a matter of pride. Yeah. This was the society that Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him and you very rightly pointed out that his childhood uh, being so you know difficult and rough in the sense that his fa- his parents were taken away or you know they they passed away when he was um, very, young. Uh, five, very young right his grandfather taking, started taking care of him and then he also passed away despite all those things he grew up to be such a strong character and uh, and, a, 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 and a very well behaved person regarding his uh, his childhood i forgot to mention one story yeah. it is mentioned that when he was still very young perhaps you know 5 6 or 7 years of age he was uh, out with his friends, and he was looking after a flock of sheep. Yeah. And they actually all the friends together were taking care of some sheep. Um, so while the sheep were grazing, some robbers came by and tried to, you know, tell the kids off and take their take their animals. Yeah. And the kids, when they saw the robbers, and you know, uh, got threatened by them and felt threatened, and they ran away. Except Prophet Muhammad, the young Muhammad. Yeah. Right. He stood up to them. He said that I cannot let you take these because they're not mine. I have been trusted with them. So I, I have no ownership of them and I cannot let you take them. You have to go away. Look at this. Imagine this: a six or seven year old yeah, boy. Old boy. Yeah. Instead of running away for his life as a normal person would be, he had such a character that he knew that this doesn't belong to me. So how can I just, uh, you know, give it away? So mm-hmm. when the, the robber himself became surprised, he said that, who is your father? So not knowing who, like, basically, his grandfather had been taking care of him for most of his life at that point. So he, he didn't couldn't differentiate between father or grandfather. He said, Abdul Mutalib is my father. So they, the, 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 the robber smiled and said that, um, you know, son of a leader, son of a chief should be like that, the way you are. And he left them alone and he went back. So a small incident, but goes to show that how strong the character of Holy Prophet Muhammad Salaam. Salaam. Salaam was, despite being brought up in that kind of uh, difficult so, uh, childhood, and also that you know uh, morally corrupt society, he still uh, came up as a person with uh, excellent morals, great morals.
1: In view of the stated, you know what you stated above, with regards to the social ills and also the corrupt society when he was growing up, let's Let's look at his own character as a teenager growing up in that environment, and as I stated usually um, children tend to have i mean um, a bit of the societal you know atmosphere whatever the society represents. Children adopt that kind of um, society particularly children that don't have the benefit of Uh, father and mother um, with them and this happens to be the life of the prophet however we read from history that he was so unique even so much so that when his uncle was taking care of him whenever um, it was time for the children of the household to come for their food you would see him sitting somewhere quietly as others would be jumping over the shoulders of others to go for their food he would be sitting quietly until he is called upon it appears that God had prepared him in a special way to discharge a very important assignment. And um, of course, there are several historical, you know, narrations about some miracles that happened in his childhood. Some of them um, may be metaphorical, but then those who narrated it, they narrated it in such a way that um, it, it appears to be something that happened literally. One of them is that um, once he was playing with um, his fellow, you know, boys, and this is narrated by Hazrat Anas bin Malik, and it is stated that an angel, basically a stranger, came, and by the stranger, the children or those who saw the incident um, described the stranger as the angel Gabriel, and then he took the Prophet that's the the, the young Muhammad or the baby Muhammad, took him. Um, you know, by the side and um, you know, opened his chest and took some kind of um spot, something a substance from his chest and cleaned it and said he's taking basically the the, the, the satanic whatever might be of satanic influence in him has been taken away. This again I say um is generally referred to as something that happened literally, but then it could be some kind of vision that others might have seen so vividly, so to even describe it as something that happened literally. What was his you know, character like growing up, as, as I asked earlier?
2: Yes, his character was impeccable. People knew him uh, as an honest and uh, extremely truthful person. When I say honest and extremely truthful, I mean to the point that they had given him this nickname uh, called Sadiq. He, he was called Sadiq, which means the truthful. He was called Amin, the honest. People referred to him, if they saw him passing by, sometimes they referred to him that, oh, the truthful person, oh, the the honest person. This was the level of his honesty and truthfulness. You don't see people giving good titles to people this commonly, especially I mean, I'm talking about generally within a society, within a community, people don't just start calling each other with, with such titles. And but in his case, it was his, his truthfulness, his, he, you know how true he spoke, even if he put yeah. his own self at risk, it was so common that people referred to him as the truthful and, and at some other times as, the, as, as most honest.
1: Nicknames usually um, give uh, negative connotations about people's, people's behavior. And for him to be given such a nickname, as you mentioned, as uh, 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 Sadiq and also Al-Amin, it shows that that kind of attitude he was um, exhibiting was not common to be found within that society that you know, prevailed.
2: Absolutely, exactly. And uh, you know, in that society, in that time, banks were not established the way they are established today. So what people would do is that, you know, not everybody has a house that is extremely safe where they can keep their their important belongings and feel comfortable. So what they would do is they would give it to somebody that they trust. So many people in the time of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, used to leave their belongings with him because they trusted him. They knew that whatever, you know, uh, the case may be, he would never cheat and he would never be dishonest. This was to the point, this extreme, that even when he became a prophet, a handful of people had accepted him. Many of them did not believe him, but at that time even, people still trusted him to be extremely honest because that's what they had seen him, that he was always honest, he was always truthful throughout his life. And he was also known in the society, in the community, as a very, uh, you know, um, somebody who, who helped resolving disputes. That If he said something, if Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him said something that you know, um, this is how you can resolve your dispute, people will accept it wholeheartedly because they knew that he would not favor any person from among their, uh, you know, among anybody. Sure. This is how fair-minded and uh, honest he was when it came to uh, judging between people. And keep in mind that Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him was so not so. any chief or anybody. He was not a chief or a leader of the community. He Forefathers and his father, in the sense that his uncle and so you know so on, they were. But him, he was an ordinary person in the in the in the town and a relatively young person. And then still, yeah. he was treated and he was given this honor and respect that people trusted his judgment uh, over uh, any other person's judgment, actually. And you 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 know you asked about his character. One yeah, important yeah. story from his uh, youth must be mentioned. As I mentioned earlier that in that society, rights of people were served very commonly. People had no rights basically. So some youth from Makkah, uh, including Prophet Muhammad peace be upon Same him, well. established this group called Hilful Fazul. Hilful Fazul was a group that was established for the sake of, for the purpose of, uh, you know, helping the weak people in their society and giving them, granting them their rights from those other more powerful people. So all these people, the people of the group, Hilful Fazul, they have taken an oath that we will do whatever it takes till our last breath to make sure that the rights of, uh, rights of our, you know, the weaker uh, community members are present. We don't know about what others did in regards to this, but we, have, we, can, we know about Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, for example. Even when he became a prophet, he continued to hold that promise that he had made in his youth, and tried to assist people. It is mentioned that one time, a chief, one of the you know chiefs of Makkah, uh, had taken some money from somebody, and had not returned it. So, Prophet Muhammad peace be upon so, him, so. he uh, you know the, the, this person whose money was taken, he was told that he should go to Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, so, perhaps so. he can help. So Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him heard his story and found out that you know the the biggest chief in Makkah, one of the most angry and one of the most notorious Furious. in yeah. a way, yeah, uh, uh, you know, had taken his money and he was not returning it. So Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him said that let me come with you and we will go to his house. Together they went to his house, and Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him simply demanded from from that person from that chief that you owe this person uh, such and such. So Why don't you return it? He said, I will return it right now. So he goes inside and grabs whatever he owed the person and brought it to him. Later, people asked that chief that what happened? Why did you listen and, you know, give it so easily? He said that when Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, came to me, I saw two angry camels on his sides as if they were ready to attack me if I said anything, you know, uh, if I didn't comply, basically. So for that reason, I, I was left with no choice. So this was so the spiritual awe that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, so was so. blessed with. But his, this is what his uh, you know, um, desire was, that he always wanted to serve humanity. And this was visible in, in his character from his childhood. And he was visible in his character when he was young. And it continued throughout his life until the day of his demise.
1: This reminds me of um, an incident, which is also captured in history, about the renovation work that was done on the Kaaba, that is the holy, you know, house of worship. And there is a, a stone, a particular stone that is deemed to be very, you know, sacred um, by all standards. And um, after the re- renovation, it was it became an issue as to which tribe's um, responsibility. Will it be to fix that stone at the exact spot that it ought to be? And this, you know, the Arabs, as you mentioned, those days, a smaller thing like this could generate into a very severe, you know, battle, serious battle. So they were almost about to draw out sword at each other. And then the prophet came to know about this. So what he did was that, okay, um, get me a plain piece of cloth. And then since they trusted him and they trusted his judgment, he they allowed him to pick the stone and then put it on that piece of cloth, called the leaders of the the nine tribes to come and hold that piece of the cloth. I mean and then they all lifted it to the place where he has to and then he himself, you know, aided placing the stone there, resolving what could have, you know, turned into a very serious tribal a conflict so it is it is um uh, very important to learn about the character of the prophet Muhammad and the kind of society he was born into and the kind of reformation that he brought into um, the world today let's look at marriage i believe of course he got married taking us through his marriage could you tell us um, at what age he got married and then who he got married to and um, how that you know process was like?
2: Yes, Prophet was uh, Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. This so. is before his ministry, before he became a prophet. Actually, what we are talking about here today, uh, he was 25 years of age when um, he he got married. He himself was a very uh, you know successful and uh, honest and noble businessman and how business used to take place at that time was that uh, the caravans used to go from mecca to other parts in arabia even as far as you know the roman empire or the persian empire and prophet muhammad peace be upon him as a businessman would join one of those caravans and they would take their merchandise he along with other people uh, people would take their merchandise into other towns and sell those that merchandise in, in those okay, areas okay so this was a common practice common uh, way of doing business back then, but some people they would go themselves to carry out their businesses and sometimes some people would la- take the, you know give, give their belongings to some other people and they would go out and sell those things for them obviously i 'm uh, probably taking some small profit for themselves as well. Uh, whatever the agreed profit was between them, so this is how actually Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him came to find out, uh, came to find a wife for himself. That is Hazrat Khadija, his holiness Khadija. May Allah be pleased with her.
1: Amen.
2: She was also a businesswoman in Makkah, and she had, uh, you know, on one uh, one time she had trusted her belongings with Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him to go out with the caravan and sell them in other areas. And uh, she had sent one of her servants with him to assist and also obviously to, you know, take care of the merchandise that that belonged to her. So when Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, went on that journey and came back, when he gave what, uh, you know, the the returns or the profit from what he had sold to this lady, Hazrat Khadija, she was amazed because she had never received that much margin, that much profit before. Whenever she had sent the merchandise, wow. so she was surprised. She was amazed that how can this be? So she asked uh, her servant basically that you know uh, what was the reason behind it? That how did this happen? We've been doing business for such a long time, but what was the difference this time? She, he replied that he's he was extremely honest. Perhaps it means that it other people that she used to send the belongings with maybe somehow kept more money and uh, you know more than what they had promised and kept some extra profit for themselves or somehow did some things or weren't able to do the business so efficiently that you know um, uh, the returns were small or smaller in yeah. comparison to what Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him had brought to Salah him. Salah. so at this looking at the character of Holy Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him she sent a proposal of marriage looking at his character that how yeah. honest and noble he is she she was a widow and had uh, four children from before. Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, did not care what her past was, meaning in the sense that she's 40 years of age, yeah, she has yeah. children, she's a widow. I mean, otherwise, she, she, he looked at her character alone, that she is a well respected businesswoman and she is, you know, honest and fair and has a good reputation generally among people. So, therefore, he agreed to the proposal. And together they were married. So Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was 25 years of age. He was 40 years of age. You know, most yeah. people, if, if, if they're going uh, to, uh, you know, after anything such as beauty or, you know, the physical aspects of, uh, of another, uh, of their opposite gender, they would never marry somebody who is that much older than them.
1: It is not, it is not common generally for young men of that, you know, age to get married to, I mean, widows basically and of that age.
2: Exactly. So this goes to show the the humbleness, humility, and simplicity of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, sure, sure. that he was not after those worldly things that people are after. He he was obviously as uh, it, it is human need to look for a partner, right? So yeah. he was looking for a partner, but he went for the most honest, most you know righteous that he could find in that society. At this, somebody can accuse that perhaps. Um, you know, he married her perhaps because of her wealth, but that would be extremely unfair because you read these kind of allegations sometimes but this is a completely, you know, unfair and unjust accusation because when we look at what happened when Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, married her, he you know, he used her wealth to, be, she was a wealthy lady, there's no doubt about that, he used her wealth to help the impoverished in the society, he used to help free so many slaves, so many slaves within yeah. Arabia, right? This is how he used whatever uh, money they had together, right? This was the character of Holy Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If he wanted to benefit himself, he would have never ever done those things. In the book it is quoted, I, let me read this quotation. Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him once said that, nobody has ever been so useful to me, sorry, it says, no property has ever been so useful to me as Khadija's. While in Makkah, the Prophet used this prop- property to free slaves, help the needy, support the poor, and rescue his financially-inflicted companions, he also paved the way for those who wished to immigrate, all this through Khadija's wealth, from which he spent freely during her life. And when she died, he and her ch- children inherited it." So, uh, th- this is a th- it's a reference that I presented from a yeah. book. And then yeah. this goes to show that uh, she was a wealthy lady and that wealth he used only to serve humanity, right? But the marriage itself took place because the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, was so impressed by the character of Hazrat Khadija, just like she was impressed by the character of Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace and Fair blessings of, of God be upon him. So they they got married when he was 25, she was 40. And uh, it is during that marriage, uh, you know, uh, the prophet was given the glad tiding that he's been appointed as a prophet. And this marriage uh, lasted until the demise of Hazel Khadija, his wife, about 25 or so years later.
1: Thank you very much. And I, I think in our next episode, we shall be looking at um, how his prophethood started. But then... Um, Let's look at some of the things you said, particularly with regards to the societal ills that existed and also permeated the society. You made mention that um, there was the society was said that there was lack of respect for women, even so much so that you stated that if a person um, had a female child for uh, fear of um, being humiliated by the society they would bury the child, I mean, the baby girl, alive. You also stated that um, they had a very terrible treatment towards the slaves. And then also alcoholism was something, you know, that was the order of the day. Um, it is stated in, in, in history that when people built houses, one of the most important addition to the house would be a place to store alcohol. I believe in our subsequent programs, we might, I mean, touch on some of this. But adding it to today's episode, let's look at some of the reformations he brought about, particularly looking at these three things, um, respect towards women and treatment towards the slaves and also the society which was um, engrossed in alcoholism. Did he bring any serious change into the society with regards to these three things I have stated?
2: He spiritually transformed them literally transformed them. Transformed them in every way possible. The people who used to be drunk all day and night, they were now, you know, basically completely lost in the love of God Almighty. Instead of going to bars and other places to get drunk, they were now going to the mosque to pray day and night. The same women that had no respect, now they could, you know, uh, speak up more uh, powerfully and uh, more uh, publicly and, and say whatever be, they had wanted to teachers. Be teachers
1: to, be teachers, teachers to exactly. the, the, the believers.
2: Exactly. exactly. It, it, there's actually a, a narration that one time a woman, a wife was speaking loudly to her husband uh, in the sense that they, they, were, they were having an argument and the man got angry that how can you talk to me like this and the lady's response was that Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, allows so and the man went to prophet muhammad peace be upon him to confirm <laughs> and you know it, it just goes to show that how the society shifted so much from that uh, extreme level of ignorance to an extreme in the sense of positive sense that to an extreme of goodness right sure. where they where uh, they, they didn't care about uh, things as you know worldly things they cared more about their spirituality and same thing about wealth. People, people did not care about wealth uh, in the sense that they didn't care about making money just for the sake of uh, being rich. Now, they may, sure, everybody needs money. Everybody needs some kind of property and whatnot to live. But that was not the main goal in their lives. The main goal in their lives was to enhance their relationship with God Almighty and serve humanity in every way possible. This was the transformation that Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him brought in that society.
1: Thank you very much, Imam Tariq Azim, for sharing some time with us, discussing the life of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, may the peace and blessings of God be unto him, and also regarding the slaves. You know, as um, we always say, his attitudes and the kind of changes he brought to, I mean, uh, bear in terms of treating the slaves was so, I mean, on parallel in the history of mankind. It is stated that, as you said, that um, when he married his wife, uh, the wife basically left everything under his care, and among them were slaves. He set the slaves free, but then one of them, whose name later on became Hazard Zaid, he refused to go. And it happened that even when his parents heard that his freedom has been granted on the silver platter without any compensation. The parents came to, you know, arrange for his, um, you know, departure to join them to wherever they were living. But then they came and the gentleman said, the gentleman who was a slave and had been set free by the prophet and his wife, he said that, um, mother and father, I am so sorry to say that i cannot go with you because the kind of love i receive from this you know master of mine is nothing that i can get from even you who are my parents so this shows the love i mean the level of love and also the kind of compassion the prophet had for humanity and in the holy quran Allah the almighty has said that in the life of the prophet there is a good example for us to emulate and i believe this is all that time would allow on today's program and as i said we intend to run series of episodes on the character and the personage of the prophet muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. may the peace and blessings of god be unto him there's a lot that we can learn from i mean his behavior and his character And once again, Imam Tariq Azim, thank you very much for joining us. And also to our cherished listeners, thank you for being part of today's program. Until we come your way next time with another interesting episode from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. It's love for all and hatred for none. And As-salamu alaykum.